0: and welcome to episode 18 of the Pixel Swim podcast. The podcast where we take a dive into design and technology and where they meet, and sometimes where they don't. And uh, also other little tidbits that I find interesting. My name is Steve Heinrich. This is going to be released on uh, Thursday, May 24th, 2018. And yeah, let's just dive in. And usually I start with some weekly notes, so let's get started right there. Okay, so I just wanted to start off by... Uh, I know it's probably not needed, but uh, apologizing for any inconsistencies in the sound of the podcast, uh, especially on my end, my voice. So, uh, I've you know, I've just been trying to to find the most consistent and best way to to record everything. So I know it's kind of cliche for for you know, the host of a podcast to, (laughs) to apologize for the sound settings, but hopefully, I'm you know, I'm on track and hopefully finding a way to, to keep things consistent. So I appreciate any patience. I know, like I said, for me on most podcasts, it really doesn't make a difference. The, the sound doesn't make too much of a difference. Obviously if it's really bad, you know, and unbearable, uh, that that's the only time that I, you know, have an issue, but it's usually not a negative thing. You know, it's usually like, oh man, bad, (laughs) bad sound, but way. Uh, I'm working on that. Hopefully this this episode should sound pretty decent. I'm kind of working on a few things to, like I said, make it consistently the same and good. So I think that's what we all strive for as podcast hosts. So, Also this week, I had my first outing with the Canon Rebel EOS T6i. And I first brought up the camera on episode 14 or no, I'm sorry, 16, episode 16, uh, the episode that I had w- uh, with Ted Salmon was the guest. So we talked about that camera on there. I just got it then. So I was able to go over a bunch of videos and stuff that that I found on YouTube and also that Ahmed B. Bars had uh, pointed me in the right direction there. So there was a lot of good suggested videos after that. And basically there was a big workouting. There's a big meeting every year where they bring in all the managers at my work. And so I went to be the, you know, photographer for that. So for our company. Uh, but with that said, I pretty much just kept everything on full auto. I was not ready, you know, after a couple of weeks with, you know, I didn't use the camera every single day. I wasn't able to, to get to test it out as much as I had wanted to. So. I decided to just kind of put it in full auto and so what i did was i just changed the the format to high quality jpeg with a raw image so I'm, i've worked with raw images in the past so i figured this would have me a little bit covered as far as quality or you know the lighting of the of the images so and it did uh it was very successful on full auto there was no video taken just photos And uh, I was very impressed by the camera. So I've been using phone cameras for so long and haven't had an actual, uh, I don't believe personally that I've actually had a good camera. So this Rebel, uh, the T6i, was very impressive to me. I've worked, you know, I've worked with images in the past from DSLR cameras. But not this in depth. And in this quantity, usually, somebody sends me like one photo, you know, or something from somewhere. So, to look at a pool of, you know a few hundred images that I had taken with it and to get into the raw files of those, it was very impressive. And, like I said, I've been using camera phones for way too long and and just the the differences night and day. And i we talked about this in the episode that I had with Ted too about, you know, the convergence of all these, these technologies, the, I mean, I don't, without a bigger sensor, I just don't see how phones are going to get to the level that these cameras are at. It was amazing the quality that you get out of, uh, you know, a full, full on DSLR uh, digital camera these days. So uh, yeah, definitely impressed with that. And I think that, it's kind of changed my attitude towards phone cameras quite a bit. And it's like, you know, for me, this is all fairly new. I'm sure for a lot of people out there that, that you know, they know the difference between a, a, a having a good camera, dedicated camera, and then also your, your cell phone, your smartphone these days and the difference that you get with those. So for me, it was a bit of an eye opener. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know. Yeah, Like I kind of knew beforehand, like, oh, yeah, this camera is going to be way better, you know. But when you start digging in, it's it's clear how obviously better it is. And it honestly has improved my opinion of the Lumia 950 and what it can do. Uh, the Lumia 950, the the Microsoft phone, it has definitely uh, you can kind of see what <laughs> Steve Litchfield on All About Windows Phone is talking about when he, you know, he touts this phone as a really good device so especially in the raw capabilities of it and uh it's just you see how you know they're striving to be these the devices these days the phone, the smartphone cameras are striving to be more and more like DSLR cameras and I still like after this outing that we had and and the time that I've had with the T6i it's clear that we're not there, not even close. So again, most people already know this, but for me, you know, I got to make the revelation at some point. And this was definitely my revelation. So yeah, that wraps up this weekly, the weekly notes for this week. Uh, not, not much feedback after the last episode. I, I was kind of tired a little bit in the last episode. So I'm sorry if it came across as a little, a little bit of babbling, you know, um, I'm much more awake this time. So Hopefully, when we get into the main chunks of the show here, it'll be a little more peppy than it was last week and a little less rambly. So, yeah. Alrighty, so the first thing that I want to talk about this week is uh, it's in the mid-range, mid-to-low-range phone arena. Uh, I <laughs> the, the main reason that I'm talking about this is because... I, if you've listened to the past, I have talked about my LG Q6, the Q6, not the G6, which is the flagship device. The Q6 is like the LG's mid-range device, and it's not necessarily widely reported. So uh, you may not have heard of it, but I've talked about it in the past. I've had it for a little while, Um, really enjoyed using it. So this week, actually, the Uh, LG officially announced the Q7 (laughs) phone. So, this is the incremental upgrade to the Q6. So, just like the G7 came, just got uh, announced recently, the thing, thing Q or whatever it is, but the G7, the LG G7 also was announced. And a lot like the G7, this the Q7 seems to be very, uh, very much an inner incremental. Update to the Q6, so not a ton different about it, but they they have added a few things to it. So I've never actually done a full review of the Q6, but uh, I've linked to the specs in the past, and there's a you know there's some good or decent videos on YouTube about the Q6. So um, maybe I'll put a link through to the specs and the, a few of the reviews of the Q. 6 on uh, in the show notes so check those out in the show notes so the Q7 came was announced there's three different versions i believe it's the Q the Q7 the Q7 plus and the Q7 a i believe it is uh either way they seem to have added they being lg have upgraded it a few in a few different ways so it looks very similar to the Q6 as far as build and design it has the a 5.5 inch display, but it's in a very small form factor. So and and the resolution is 1080 by 2160 because it's an 18 by 9 screen. So again, just a lot like the the Q6. So not much different there as far as form factor and screen display and all that stuff. So uh, the few things that kind of differentiate it from the Q6 are the fact that it is Going to use USB Type C as the uh, the charging slash data port. Uh, the Q6 has used uh, used micro USB, which isn't a big deal, but uh, it's nice to see in a mid range device them putting in a cube Q- uh, USB C port. So it's you know that's where everything's headed, and eventually it all filters trickles down to the mid range device. So finally, the Q7 will have USB C. It, on the q7 plus model they're also going to offer a quad deck in the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack so yeah that's a that's a nice upgrade especially for a a mid-range device so the fact that it, it has a, a headphone jack isn't too surprising for the mid-range device because those 10 though i haven't seen a mid-range device yet that doesn't come with the uh, headphone jack i think there was an htc device that was mid-range that that abandoned the the headphone jack but uh up until this point i'd say 99 of them have still had it so you'll still have it on the q7 thank goodness and it will also like i said on the q7 plus version uh, offer a quad deck so that's really nice uh that's a nice upgrade i don't know if i'll be getting <laughs> i shouldn't say i'll be getting if if i would you know if it would be available in the us the q7 plus so uh, another big thing on this and i'll talk a little bit <laughs> in a little bit about why this is such a a good uh a big upgrade i guess you would call it for the the q7 on uh, has to do with Smart lock and some smart lock features, but uh, that's my next topic. But yeah, it comes with a fingerprint sensor on the Q7. There's no biometrics on the Q6, there is a face unlock, which I guess you could you could tout t- that as biometrics on the Q6, but uh, the Q7 will have a fingerprint sensor centered in the back. Uh, I noticed the camera also moved to the center of the device on the Q6. It's very, it's you know, it's in. Very uh, iPhone-like place in the upper, was it upper left? If you're looking at the back of the phone. So, yeah. So the cameras moved over, and I think there's some minor upgrades to the cameras themselves too. Nothing huge. Usually, mid-range devices they don't put a ton of emphasis on the camera. So, and other than the G series, um, the Moto G, Moto G series, usually those have you know a decent emphasis, but. Uh, as far as quality goes uh, i've noted the q6 camera although I, I, I if you read my article on my on pixelswim.com about how the q6 can actually take raw photos even though it's not advertised uh, i'm curious to see if the q7 will keep that functionality or not but we'll we'll see i suppose so the other thing that i noticed about the q7 is the fact that there is the okay here's one of my qualms with the Q6 as it is now is that they're the speakers on the back which okay you know not a huge deal but it's super tinny uh thin i wouldn't even call it tinny so much it's not that it it it's like a you know it's not pinging and and you know it doesn't hurt my ears necessarily it's just real thin this the sound is like all treble. (laughs) There's no bass, there's no fidelity in the speaker It is one of the downsides of the Q6. And so I noticed on the Q7 on the the, the images that they've released that the speaker isn't there is no speaker hole on the back. And so I'm and and I've tried to find as many renderings as I can of this Q7. And I can't determine exactly where the speaker is so my guess is is that it's on the bottom of the device much like the the flagship G series uh, like the the G5 the G6 and now the G7 I believe they all had the uh, speaker grill on the bottom of the device so I'm hoping that there was an upgrade to the speaker because honestly that would I would really start to look very hard at actually getting the Q7 then, because it's it's one of the things that kind of you know one of the reasons why my SIM card comes out of the Q6 is because of the speaker. It's definitely the biggest <laughs> downside for me, because uh, of speaker phone calls. You know it gets loud enough, uh, which is fair enough, but it's just I you know for podcast listening, when you you know you've got other things around, other devices around, or other phones I have that. You know, the speaker is better. I would say the speaker is actually worse than the Lumia 950 on the Q6, which is saying a lot because the Lumia 950 speaker is not that great. So here's to fingers crossed that they have upgraded the speaker. So I, I imagine since they're, you know, they're putting in quad deck and they're kind of, you know, doing in an incremental upgrade here and they're kind of, you know, there's a little bit of a focus on the sound with the quad deck. That potentially they could have, you know, brought over a speaker from a previous generation of of the flagship devices of the G series, the LG G series. So um, let's again, fingers crossed that that happens because this would be a really great device, I think, overall if they could improve that speaker and the way that it sounds. So it's it would be for me a major win. (laughs) And definitely looking would make me look very hard at it. So because the form factor is really great. And it's just a nice the Q6 is such a nice little device. It's just, you know, like with most devices has a few quirks that I can't (laughs) get past, you know, so it's hard to continuously Use it as my daily driver, so I mean, and all of this is picky, you know, it's all but that's what we, you know, (laughs) if you're into smartphones, you these are the things that can, you know, make or break whether you use that phone for two years or or not. So I know that right now I'm kind of looking to get back into a device that I can use for over a year, you know, and and for me, that's a lot, you know, for a lot of people in the the phones community that that is a long time to use a device so I but that's you know kind of what I prefer to do I'm not super happy with all the devices that I have right now there's always something that brings me or take gets the sim card removed you know you use a device for a little while and you run into the things that you remember and then you start to remember why you know that you didn't want to use it in the first you know why you took the sim card out of it last time so and sim card moves around so i'm looking for you know not necessarily like a converged device but just a device that has a few you know that does a few things well that i that i would like you know speaker quality being one of them and the other sound really in in general is a big one for me because i do consume media on my devices uh, a lot of podcasts and music and I just and uh, video watching YouTube. And so I I want something that has a headphone jack. You know, I'm not too concerned about the quad deck quality thing, but uh, that has a headphone jack that has a a nice uh, quality speaker. Doesn't, you know, it's stereo speakers, not even the biggest deal to me anymore, but it, it's super nice to have, but just a good quality speaker. And I know that in the LGG series, they've done that. Uh, with the this, this single speaker on the bottom. I know the, the G7 does even more, but from my experience with the LG G5, that speaker was decent enough, you know, for listening to podcasts, which is the biggest thing I think I do with the speaker on a, on a phone uh, aside from video. So usually when I'm listening to music, I plug in the headphones or, you know, connect to a Bluetooth speaker. So and then another thing on devices also that I that I really like, and one good thing about the Q6 is that the the phone earpiece uh, for taking a regular phone call is actually very loud and clear. So uh, I hope that the it, from the renderings that I've seen of the Q7, it looks like the earpiece is the same, or at least very similar in design, you know, from the outside. So. Uh, hopefully they continue that into the Q7 because it's definitely you know I take a lot of phone calls for work and I know just in general. So yeah, still one of those people that takes calls. So uh, it's nice to have a nice, loud, and clear earpiece. So hopefully that gets that gets uh, you know ported over to the to the Q7. So I'm really looking forward to uh, when it comes out and when the device. It starts to get reviewed online. I'm really looking forward to the review videos of it because I've really enjoyed the Q6. It's had a few shortcomings, and uh, once I can see some hands-on with the Q7, I mean, it really might, you know, start to sway me that way. And and uh, it's it's definitely on my on my radar. Okay, so why I mentioned the <laughs> I was talking about the fingerprint skin, uh, sensor on the upcoming Q7. And why I think that's uh, extra good, because the Q6 didn't have a fingerprint scanner. And the reason is because, uh, th- and thanks to Mike LaTori for sending this over, this uh, this is a post on XDA Developers. I'll link to it in the show notes, so you can get to that on Pixelswim.com. So it's entitled, After Months of Inconsistency, Trusted Places is Disappearing from Smart Lock. Okay, so uh, if you've used Smart Lock features on Android, basically... There is an if you have a pin or a password or a a pattern unlock or even a fingerprint sensor, I believe. uh, And with basically if you have your phone locked in some way that requires some sort of biometrics or password to get back into the device, there is a feature called Smart Lock in Android. And again, a lot of people probably already know about it, but just a quick overview And there's a few options in there to keep the phone unlocked in certain situations. One of them being if you're connected to a certain Bluetooth device. Another if you are walking around. There's an on-body detection. uh, There's a facial recognition. And there's also a voice match. But there's also another feature in there called trusted places. So this is something that I wanted to use on my Q6. And... And Mike has commented on the, I forget which episode it was, but he's commented about this a few times. We've had a little bit of conversation about it, about uh, the trusted places being really inconsistent on on Android. And so again, uh, wanting to use this on my Q6, I turned it on, you know, so I had a pin to unlock the device. But when I'm at home, I don't necessarily want to have to put in the pin every time that I open, you know, or I wake the device. So... What I did is it, with Trusted Places, you can basically set your GPS, you know, to a certain diameter and, and you can, you know, basically if you're at home, you can pick a place on the map and it will, you know, within a certain dynam- diameter, keep your device unlocked if that's where you are. So really cool and, and great idea. So like say you, you're, you can put multiple Trusted Places if you're at work, you know, if you're at home, that kind of thing so you don't have to constantly put in your pin and this has been working super inconsistently and and sometimes just doesn't work at all but I guess it started disappearing from people's options in smart lock so uh, Mike sent me this article and I immediately (laughs) popped into my Q6 smart lock settings and yeah Trusted Places was missing not sure if it's just because it was So inconsistent and not working that they pulled it out of one of the updates. But I also checked on my Moto E4 Plus and it was not, or I should say it was still in the options on my Moto E4 Plus. So inconsistent feature, inconsistently taken away. So hopefully it'll come back. And actually, as of recording this, I noticed on that same XDA article that there's an update that it is back. (laughs) But uh I also just checked on my Q6, and it is not. It's still not back in the the menu. So I hope it comes back, and that it you know they can squash whatever bugs they're finding in this. Because really, this is a it, the Trusted Places is a really great replacement for the fingerprint sensor on devices that don't have it. So yeah, like I don't mind having to use my PIN, you know, when I'm out and about in public and stuff like that. Uh, I don't mind the pin having, but when I'm at home, you know, I don't want to have to do it if I'm looking at my device, you know, a bunch of times a day. So hopefully it'll come back with a vengeance (laughs) and just be a really smart and solid feature. So again, thanks, Mike, for sharing that. Hopefully both of us can get our devices working with trusted places consistently. and, And we can, you know, because again, a lot of devices, especially in the mid to low range, don't have a fingerprint sensor. So it's the Trusted Places is, is a great option to, to have in, in Smart Lock. So it, I really just wish it, it would work and hopefully it will in, in the near future. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about, talking about mid-range devices, is the Snapdragon 710. Uh, I don't know if it, it wasn't announced, but uh, there's an article on Engadget uh, entitled The Snapdragon 710 Will Add Flagship Features to Mid-Range Phones. So, yeah, if you if you follow any of the Snapdragon stuff, you know that uh, generally there's the 400 series, the 600 series and the 800 series and the 800 series is in flagship phones. And then the 600 is usually in, you know, high to mid range or high mid range. And then the 400 series is in, you know, mid or low, low end devices. So. Uh, you know, in the natural progression of things. So, yeah, we have the Snapdragon 710, which is a 700 series. So it lies right in between the flagship level 800 and the mid-tier 600 series Snapdragons. And just in case you're not aware, I mean, the, the processor on your smartphone is the big driver of a lot of the features of your device, especially in in the camera and, and things like that. So in the article from Engadget, they say the Snapdragon 710 will come with a multi-core AI engine, which AI is huge this year for for smartphones and especially in the camera game. And it will support neural network processing as well as image signal processors and graphics units that are typically found in higher end chipsets. The 710 is the first of the 700 series. So yeah, again, uh, if you followed any Snapdragon stuff, you know that there hasn't been any 700 series, as far as I'm aware of. So the 710 chip it says will also support 4K HDR playback, and it uses an Arduino, a uh, Adreno GPU that should cut down power consumption when gaming or watching 4K HDR video by about 40% compared to the Snapdragon 660, and that's according to Qualcomm. So essentially, you're getting a really, uh, you're getting a lot of features with less power consumption. It sounds like. And then the chipset will also support Quick Charge 4 Plus. So you get 50% of your battery back by just charging up for 15 minutes. So the processor enables a lot of these features that you're seeing in the 800 series, you know, the 845 and stuff like that, but in a lower chipset. So I'm not sure... (laughs) exactly if it means that you'll be getting a flagship experience, but just with a little bit of lag, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. But uh, I imagine not. I mean, usually any of the newer chipsets, anything over the 600, usually you're not going to see too much uh, lag. But I'm looking forward to manufacturers starting to uh, manufacturers that start using this in mid tier devices and, and seeing what, you know, kind of price points those will be at. I'm curious, you know, The the thing is, is there's I feel like there's already an Android device for every level, every budget, every need as far as speed goes, you know, as far as price level. So I'm curious where this is going to fall. So my my thing is, is that I I feel like it could potentially just it. I'm not sure where this is going to fit in yet. So we shall see what manufacturers come up with and. Hopefully we're not overloaded with a whole new tier of Android, you know, uh, devices because there's already a lot out there. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what the 710 will bring to the Android game, and and what price points those devices are going to be at. So yeah, check out the article in the show notes at pixelswim.com for more about the the Snapdragon 710. Okay, so the last thing that I want to go over uh, quickly is. Uh, an article regarding design. I've realized I talk tons about mobile technology. It's a huge hobby, so kind of, you know, monopolizes most of my airtime here. So uh, I did find an article about design, uh, not necessarily, te- well, I mean, tech- design and technology cross in a lot of places, but this is kind of gets back to the roots of things as far as design goes. And this is from an article on designweek.co.uk. So, Uh, It's called The Alphabet Museum, an exhibition exploring humankind's greatest invention. So, and then the subhead is a show at the Lettering Arts Center in Suffolk, which is in the UK. We'll delve into the art of alphabets, tracing the history of communication design from ancient symbols to the sophisticated systems we have today. And this is by Alina Holianskaya. This was published on May 23rd. So there's parts of this article that are actually really interesting. It kind of uh, there's an exhibit at this museum in Suffolk. Hope I'm hope I'm saying that right. Uh, again, a link in the show notes if you want to check it out the whole article. But essentially, kind of goes over uh, this exhibit that will be covering uh, the alphabet, uh, kind of as we know it, the English alphabet. So. And how we got to where we are now from pictograms to, you know, letters. So essentially, I thought an interesting thing in here was the, you know, the letter A, the capital letter A, <laughs> which uh, they believe is derived from the pictogram of an ox, you know, like in a cave drawing. So and even if you flip a capital A upside down, you can kind of see the shape is even sort of reminiscent of that. So kind of interesting, you know, and it's just all of these, the the type that we kind of take for granted and that we kind of, you know, is more subliminal than anything is is definitely has evolved over time. And, and they, they mentioned that it's man's greatest invention, uh, which is the alphabet and and the fact that you can create so many different things and, and the fact that it can convey uh, certain things without you even really realizing it. So, I mean, <laughs> there's always the great debate over... Comic Sans using Comic Sans and if you want to be taken seriously and if not necessarily be taken seriously but I mean if you want your message to be a serious one generally Comic Sans is not going to do the job for you so typography and and things like that are very interesting so and this kind of goes over the history of how we got to where we are now so uh, again, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check out the whole article. And there's some some nice uh, images in here that kind of display what they're talking about. So, uh, and if you're in Suffolk <laughs> in the UK, I looked it up. It's looks like it's on the east coast of the UK. So check out that article. There's a lot of interesting things in there. So uh, definitely related to design and and obviously technology. We use the alphabet, our alphabet, uh, the English alphabet, every day. You know, basically everything we do is hinges on, on, on that. So again, link in the show notes. And I thought it was really interesting. Okay. So that sums up this week or wraps up this week. I appreciate you tuning in as always visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and all the links that I've mentioned today, all the the stuff we talked about. So always grateful for any feedback too. Uh, Feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter or Google Plus or email or whatever is works best for you. So uh, thanks again for tuning in and tune in next week for episode 19, getting dangerously close to 20. <laughs> uh, so yeah, again, just thank you and, and have a great night or evening or morning if that's when you're listening to this. So whatever time it is when you're listening to this, have a great one. Thanks again and Godspeed.